Hello there, warriors. How are you guys doing this Friday after Thanksgiving? I hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving. Me and my family had a great Thanksgiving. Um, and tonight, uh, we are going to be discussing a 1979 movie called Don't Go in the House. And tonight, I have with me three very special guests. To uh, you guys all know them, uh, Miss A- uh, Miss Is- uh, Ingrid Hubert. Say hello, Miss Ingrid. Hi guys. How she's- are you doing? I hope everything's been happily dreadful for you. <laughs> she has been on numerous, numerous uh, episodes. And Mr. Adrian Garza. Say hello, Adrian. <laughs> and you guys know him from different various um, various episodes as well. And then our very, very special guest, um, Mr. Adam Marcus, the director of Jason Goes to Hell. Yeah. I applaud him. Bravo. <laughs> yes. And uh, for all you who don't know, um, Joe Ellison, the director uh, of this great movie, Don't Go in the House, is Adam's uncle. Uh, and, I, I, you know, I just have to say, uh, uh, Adam, he did a great job with this movie. Well, thank you. He would love to hear that. That's terrific. Yes, he did a really great job. You you could tell that he, you could tell that he really loved directing this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you sure can. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I, you can say that about all movies. I mean, I can say that about your movie, Jason Goes to Hell. You can, I mean, you. you can tell that you really loved directing. I did. I, did. I love that movie. Yeah. And you know, and I mean, if uh, sometimes you could tell if the director did not like directing yeah. the movie. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you just yeah, can't. Right, right. Yes. And and yes. when you don't believe in a movie, heck, that and that that's with any job actually. When you don't believe in your job, you 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 could tell. You know, the other people can tell. Right. Yeah. It, mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. It's hard, to, it's hard to lead a crew, a cast, and a crew uh, when you don't love the material. I I actually make it a point to. When I'm hiring cast and crew, I have everybody read the script. And if somebody genuinely doesn't like the script, I don't hire them. And that's not out of an ego thing. That's right. just saying, you're not going to have as much fun on this if you don't love right. it. you got to love right. it. Help, you know, work on something else. Right. That's exactly. True. Exactly. And like I said, that's with any job. You know, I don't yeah. care if it, if you're a florist. I don't care if you work at a gas station or you gotta love what you do. Because Absolutely. if you don't, you're not gonna give your all. Right. It's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh so I just uh and this movie, oh my gosh, you know, uh the subject matter is somewhat, you know, uh horrific. Yes. But yeah, it's dark. It's uh, dark. For sure. 
you know, you know, I can, I can um, almost <laughs> uh, visualize in my head that every feminist in the world probably <laughs> really disliked this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Every so feminist, but but you know what? But if that's all they saw, they kind of missed the message. If that's all they saw, because uh, uh, him just killing women and all that, there it was a message behind that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we're we're gonna get into it actually, but there was you know and. You know, and I say this on, on my podcast, you, you know, um, uh, you know, most directors don't go in, heck, more, most writers don't go in thinking, oh, oh you know, this is going to be a deep message, you know, for a horror movie. You know, they don't go in. It just, uh, it just is, you know, uh, I, I'm sure that the writer, you know, didn't think that, oh, you know, I'm going to be, this is going to be about child abuse. You know, you know, and uh, yeah, I just, but I mean, it was so good. I mean, it was spot on. You know, I had everything. Yeah, well, I had mystery, you know, even though that we knew why he was doing what he was doing, you know, and, but still the, the suspense was there. It was very atmospheric. Yeah. I loved it. I yeah, loved it. The horror of it was impeccable. Like, you know, the made you jump, you, made you jump your seat. Oh my gosh! I had like two or three parts where I had to close my eyes. That is that is supposed to be what we're you know what we're trying to do. We make a scary movie. But the other thing is, you know, I would say that. Um, you know, scary movies is a great way, and the, be the best horror films are movies that are allegories for our world, where the horror just helps to illuminate, you know, a, sto a story that the director has more politically on their mind. Like, I mean, if you take, let's say, George Romero's Night of the Living Dead, um, which I don't know any find that to be a classic. Oh, yeah. That movie isn't really about zombies. Yes, on the surface it is, but it's really... Romero's reaction to what was happening in the country as far as the Vietnam War and the Civil Rights Movement. And yeah. both of those ideas are really planted in that film brilliantly. Um, the end of that movie are the most important things ever done as far as civil rights in a film. Um, so I think what, I think, look, I can totally understand women being up in arms about Don't Go in the House because it, it it's not only just the murdering of women. That's fine. I mean, that's that's kind of what we do in horror movies. We right. skip that bad people chasing women. That's that's a lot of horror movies. Mm -hmm. But really, he has a lot of negative things to say about mothers. Yeah. Right. That's that's that was gonna be one of my my you know my point. What I felt about it. You know, because mom was not, mothers are supposed to be loving. She, right. she wasn't loving at all. Not loving. No, not at all. You know, you know a child is, looks at his mother or, or her mother as, as if, you know, God in a sense, you know. Right. Because, 
you gave me life. You know, you gave me um, uh, a peace of mind, know, tranquility. Right. Yeah. You, know, you gave me, you know, I'm supposed to feel secure. Right. You know, and she wasn't secure. <laughs> And, I, that, and and I must say too that some of my best, some of the best horror movies, has an arc to them. Yes. You know, um, you could see with every scene, you know, a character growing, you know, and and change, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and what I love about this movie is, uh, uh how Donnie becomes um, and we'll talk more about it um, as the podcast goes on but I love the way Donnie goes from he's a remorseless killer to somewhat oh my gosh what I'm doing is wrong absolutely it's like his character does understand after a while that this is not right you know, so right. I, I love arcs like that. You know, mm-hmm. that is truly wonderful. Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it, look. The, the movie owes everything to to films like Psycho. Oh yeah, um, most definitely. Yeah, it's definitely you know. Uh, and, but I will tell you, yeah. um, knowing you know, knowing knowing Michael, who you know was one of the co-writers, co-producers, and the director of the film. Um, I think he was more influenced by Martin Scorsese of the of the early seventies, um, things like Mean Street. Oh and, yeah. And, and how how many yeah. it talks about religion and faith and how that affected his up, up, upbringing, and then Joe is sort of Joe Ellison is sort of uh, falling into some of those ideas as well and mixing it with yes. sort of his cocky and ideas that he's playing with. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's get into some of the questions that I have, guys. Um, well, Adam, I am not just talking to you tonight as a director. You are actually one of us. You're a fan of this movie. So I'm going to ask you, what was your favorite um, uh, scene of Don't Go in the House? Well, I, look, I, what I like about what I like about the movie is that I think it does actually explore this idea of uh, of what happened of, of that uh, psychotics or broken people are not are not made; they're they're built over life. They're not born this right. way. Someone actually does things to them that makes their world so unsafe. Yes, abruptly that they react this way. And I think yep. that that's the most interesting thing about the film. You know, here's a guy who, and, and again, you know, he, he also, he explores this throughout the entire movie, but then he really explores it in that coda at the end of the movie. And, and you've got that tiny little scene with Michael, the, the, the new, the new kid. The new kid, yeah. Happened in this movie. And we see the seeds planted of yet another. Child. Ugliness. And what right. does that mean? that kid did later in life so I think that idea is is a really smart one and it's very it's very substantive to the to the slasher subgenre um, most of most of our, our genre is about um, uh, revenge yeah right right but it's also 
broken relationships between mothers and children. I mean, you know, for the Friday 13th franchise, the entire thing is about Jason and his mommy. Yeah. Right? keep seeing that theme reoccur, 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 and this is an early, you know, this is an early movie in all of this stuff. Um, and I love the t-shirt you're wearing tonight, which is so, so, so appropriate. But the funny thing about Halloween is that the, the, the trick of Halloween is that Michael Myers wasn't built. He was born bad. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So I like that both of those ideas are kind of working their way out because, you know, uh, Halloween says 78 and, and then we go to, to, to 1979 and you got to go in the house. Um, so I think the idea of, um, of toxic parenting, um, I think is fascinating. I think that's kind of right. the thing. Right. Yeah. yeah. It did take it to another level. <laughs> I tell you. I tell you. Uh, well, Adrian, what was your favorite scene in uh, Don't Go in the House? Um, I don't think I had one. Uh, one thing I do remember, um, I was probably about five years old when I saw it for the first time. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was really creepy. <laughs> <laughs> and walking outside in the dark out in the country where I lived. Um, it kind of gave me that eerie feeling, even though I was a little boy and not a girl, but I mean, I would walk down the country roads <laughs> and I would always look around. I'm like, well, is there somebody hiding in these woods? Is there somebody hiding under that bench? You know, I'd, I like, <laughs> um, you just had you yeah. paranoid as a little boy. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that's really the only thing that I remember about the movie in general is that it was really creepy and it was really scary. And with me, I'm really into true crime. Uh-huh. So I like to analyze. Oh, yeah, same films. here. Mm-hmm. And what I think is really creepy about this movie is that everything that happened in this film, it can happen in real life. Oh, yeah, truly. Yeah, who can do something like this to women, uh, men, and it's just scary. You know, it's scary to know that this kind of thing can happen in the real world. Yeah, listen... I am a big fan of the ID channel, you know, the investigative discovery channel. And, and we have, I mean, they have cases like this all of the time. Okay. So, but, so yes, it, it, you know, it is real. Yeah. But I think about him every time I see this movie. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, Miss Ingrid, what what about you? What's your favorite scene? You know, it's kind of weird. You know, I, 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 it was more of a, a kind of a laughter thing to me that he would take his fourth victim to meet his mother. You know, and 
talk with her that she seemed to be the most nice one before he killed her. You uh-huh. know, and I'm like, well, why would you kill her if she is nicer? Why would you still, you know, burn her? That means that's like the opposite of your mom. That's more of a, you know, like the, the mommy issue of knowing, you know, who is the um, one that can keep you safe, you know, make you feel loved and, you know, not punish you, you know, try to talk to you and, you know, show you something that, you know, that I'm here to be um, with you and for you and, and to give you what you're needing as that child, that, you know, that person. And, you know, I was like, okay, why did you do that? I mean, I did that. that. <laughs> I, don't know what to say. I can't believe like, you laughed at that part. <laughs> I'm like, how, you know, all the other ones you just knock out and take them in there and burn them up, you know. And this fourth one, you just all of a sudden it's like a, you know. But see, that was part of the arc I was talking about. Yeah, that was yeah, that, that was a part of the arc. He was growing a conscious. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's what it was. Yeah. I was growing that conscious and, you know, you know, my bringing the girl home to meet your mom. <laughs> you know, they burn the hell out of me. I'm still going to bring home to me, you know. <laughs> oh, boy. So, yeah, that would probably be mine, you know. Well, my favorite scene, my favorite scene was actually the club scene. I, I I I just love the music. I cannot even lie. I love the I love the song. Yes, I said this is so cool. Yes, he looks so cute in the suit, and then he had to go and attack the girl. But I love the fact that I love the fact that her brother went into action and just started. Pounding on him, <laughs> even though he did get away, he got away from him. But still, I love the fact that the brother was like, "Oh no, you're not going to attack my sister," you know. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I ha- I have two brothers, so that that part right there was I was like, "Yeah, get him." <laughs> that's why you seen Vito. He he knew he was a bad apple. Yeah. You know, yes, he, he did. Saw, uh, what was his name? Ben. Burning, and he just kind of just like was in this daze, you know, right. watching him burn, and you know, not even so much as lifting a finger to help him out. Right, this is really crazy. I couldn't, okay. you know, stop, drop, and roll, say something, do something, you know. <laughs> <laughs> What was your uh, least favorite uh, scene? My least favorite scene, like, I guess you would say, is, is basically him burning those women were my least oh, favorite yeah. scene. I mean, yeah. I'd, him building the room, and, you know, just to do that deed, you know, as that really 
they kind of chilled me really bad, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, see somebody implement an action like that because he hears the voices in his head and he still thinks his mother is alive at some points in time. Yeah. You know, she, um, yes, I I understand, yeah. And uh, Adam, uh, what about you? What was your least favorite scene in the movie? I'm, I'm sure you've seen it thousands of times. A few times, that's for sure. Uh, you know, it, it's interesting because I'm sorry, I thought you said theme earlier, not scene. And that's why I was saying the thing about my, uh, forgive me on that. Oh, no, 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 you're fine. Uh, I guess, because I'll go back and, and kind of piggyback on this. Um, I think that. Look, my, my favorite scene of the movie, what I, the stuff that I think is really well done, um, I actually think some of the more contemplative stuff in the movie, and the, the stuff that does remind me very much of early Scorsese, um, specifically Mean Streets, um, there's there's that really interesting uh, dream sequence. Yes! Called explosions all, all around him. Uh, in that yes! Yeah. And I'll attack him and drag him down to the hole and yes. he wakes up. Uh-huh. Yet now the train world and his real world have sort of collided and he mm-hmm. going to the house and his mother is on the top of the stairs with the flames burning behind her. That that's me, that's my, my favorite thing. I think that I think that's really clever and I, I think it's taking what's in his subconscious and bringing it into the conscious world, which I always think is a really cool thing for for a director to do. Um, yes. For me, look, the, the problem that I have with the film in general, um, and, and it's an interesting thing because uh, I, one thing that I think Latrice, you might know, but the rest, the, the other two don't know. So when I watched the movie to rewatch it for this podcast, I watched it a couple of days ago, and I watched it on TV as well. Now I have a copy. I have a DVD copy of it. I was just too lazy. I don't want to go get it. And I was like, <laughs> oh, TV, I'll watch it there. So I did. <laughs> Um, but as it finished, as the movie, you know, like they put in like, uh, if you like this, you should try this movie. Uh-huh. I, the very next film was The Burning. Oh, yeah. Okay. Now, here's the thing. My uncle, my other uncle, Ned Eisenberg, is the star of The Burning. That is what I wanted to ask a question about, because when I first watched the movie, it had... The burning uh, right there and I'm like wait a minute am I watching the right movie right, right. you know I'm like you know and then I just let it go and then I was like oh yeah I'm watching I guess that was a, another yes so they were two, AKA it was two 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 uh, yes and yes and, and they and they tried to call it the burning I don't know why they didn't end up with that title because the burning actually makes a lot more sense for don't, don't go in the house I guess um, my uncle Ned Eisenberg is the star of The Burning. Now, if you know who Ned Eisenberg is, if you guys look him up, um, you'll laugh because you'll be like, oh, it's that guy. Because you, this is an actor you've been watching for 40 years straight, and you know him. Absolutely. He's in, like, every fourth episode of Law & Order. Um, you see him all the time. And he's a he's brilliant. He's an amazing actor. Uh-huh. Now, these two dudes, Joe and Ned, are brothers, Right. Right. It's one of those things where you go, wait a second. By the way, Ellison is my uncle Joe's stage name. That's that's the name he chose as a director. Oh, okay. Look, 
Joe was in his early 30s when he made Don't Go In My House. My brother Ned was in his mid-20s at that time. Um, and I, I, I had asked my, my Uncle Ned, I said, Ned, why didn't Joe cast you as the lead of Don't Go In My House? Like, I don't get it. Because the actors in the film who ended up having a lovely career, he, he really did, he, he had yeah. a great career. But mm-hmm. guys, that I'm, I'm telling you, I don't quite get um, because I find his performance to be a little bit all over the place. I mean, Dan Grimaldi is—he's talented, but he—he he was not great at that time. He was young, and it was—I think it was too early for him to be the lead of a movie. Mm. And the performance was uneven. And I've always asked my uncle, like, why didn't Joe, you know, cast you? As the lead in the movie, he's like, man, you know, we're brothers. It was his first movie directing. You know, some people get funny about that. And, of course, I'm constantly casting my friends and family in my movies because I have good enough relationships that I want them to be because it makes it easier for me. It's an easier job. Right. Right. And so I get to, you know, my brother Kip is one of the stars of, of Jason Goes to Hell, and he's terrific in the movie. Oh, uh, yeah. Yes, he is. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I never understood that, but my, my I would say my least favorite stuff in the movie is Dan Grimaldi's performance. For me, it, it, it's uneven, and I think the acting in general is uneven. And for me, you're, you know, when you're a director, the the um, I would say, you know, the the the, the paint we, we use we use to paint with is the words, right? The front right. Are the act, the you're right. Are what we, you know, paint with. Uh, and so I'm, I'm just, I'm one of those people that like, if somebody gives an eh performance, uh, it gets me crazy because I'm like, no. Oh yeah. <laughs> I understand. I understand. But you know what? I thought, I thought that it was supposed to be that way. Cause I actually felt like you, um, Adam, it was all over the place, but I thought that that was maybe what Joe wanted. That was maybe that's a choice. That could be a choice, um, uh, and I'm not privy to that. But I, I, I do have to say, it, it, it is it is one of those things that, as a director, uh, I love actors so much. And you know, my Friday Thirteenth was the first Friday Thirteenth ever to have rehearsal period. We had a month of rehearsal before we shot the film. Oh yeah, and it's because I want my actors to have that time to do oh, the job that oh, they right. can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't do that, and so that gets me a little crazy when I when I feel like. Oh yeah, I, I totally agree. I, I mean that that's part of the reason why I don't like today's horror movies because it feels like the acting is all over the place, and it feels like even the writing is all over the place. Like well, that, that I agree with the writing of being all over the place. That I agree with. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and you know yeah. I just I can't get into it. That's why I would rather watch. 70s horror movies, 80s horror movies, heck, even 90s and early 2000s horror movies, because the the acting is off and the writing is off, and if if you don't have those two, those two make those are the ingredients of a good horror movie. Totally, totally agree with you, hundred percent. Yes. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I. I yeah, I mean, he didn't. He didn't really make me feel the character like he should have been. You know, I, I I felt the character could have been a little bit more 
uh, angrier, a little bit more psychotic. Right. You know, right. You know, to give it that feel that, you know, that something really, because like you said earlier in the, in the podcast, it's the environment of the person. And if he's in an environment like that, he's going to be a lot more, you know, um, a lot more deranged. Right, deranged, uh, really out there. I mean, to the point, you know, that you're like, uh, I really don't want to be near this person. You know, this person is really dangerous, you know, and for him to even burn the father, I mean, <laughs> I'm like, well, now, so if you don't burn the father, um, you know, I guess, you know, that's a sign right there that shows me that, you know, how deep or how far. How the range how she, go. how the range she really was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, that guy just didn't make me feel it, though. Really well, Adrian, what, what was your uh, least favorite scene in the movie, if you have one? I don't really have one. Um, I will tell you a scene I really didn't like. Mm-hmm. Um, God, I can't remember the woman's name, but one in the flower shop, the one that he... Yeah. Oh, uh, Kathy, I believe her name was. Kathy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I didn't like the way that he was just so nice to her and then lured her <laughs> away from her safety zone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was just so sad. <laughs> like so many ways. Because I looked at this woman in his car, and I'm like, "You're gonna die." <laughs> you, know? you just, you just have no clue, but you're about to die. And I feel bad yeah. for you because you're so pretty, but um, it's not gonna matter in about ten minutes. <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh yeah, I'm telling you. When I was looking at this scene, I'm like, and she's like, "May I please use the phone?" I'm like, "Lady, just walk out the dang house." (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Matter of fact, I wouldn't have got into the truck. In the first place, because that would have gave me a feeling. My spider tingly senses would have told me, "Hey, yo, this man's not right." But then you have to remember, this was the 1970s when everything was okay. You know, it it, it wasn't like now. Now you'd be really, you don't even want to hitchhike now. But back then in the 70s, you know, that that was okay. So, you know. I'll tell you, it's interesting. Um, When, uh, so I, my wife and I wrote uh, Texas Chainsaw. (laughs) A few years ago, uh-huh. and in the original Texas Chainsaw, there's a hitchhiker in the movie, and you don't you don't pay it any attention because you're like it's the early seventies, everybody hitchhiked like that was a thing. Uh-huh. So when Dev and I went to write Texas Chainsaw 3D, um, we said we're not writing a scene with a hitchhiker, like we won't do it, right? Because it's ridiculous because. Uh-huh. The movie's supposed to take place in the 90s. I'm like, nobody was hitchhiking in the 90s because... No. (laughs) (laughs) And it was crazy because when they shot the movie, they brought on another writer to do do a polish on the film for the director. And the director put in a 
picking up a hitchhiker? I mean, it was so stupid. And I'm like, well, yeah, because nobody does this anymore. I know. <laughs> <laughs> we left that in the, in the 80s. <laughs> I don't know you. Shoot. I, I, I don't feel right when some, you know, somebody just comes along. I remember when I was young and I had a guy drive up, do you need a ride home? No, no, sir. No. Keep going. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> matter of fact, I just live right up the street. I'm, I'm almost home. Thank you, though. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, my least favorite scene, guys, is um, any scene when where the mother was beating on little Donnie. I, you know, I. I hate to see, you know, yeah. kids being abused. Um, yeah, uh, kids being killed and kids being abused and kids being the killer. <laughs> those are my, um, I, those are seriously the the only things of, uh, about scary movies that I don't really like. Got it. You know, with, with kids and stuff, you know, uh, you know, me being a new mom, you know, my son is three years old. Right. And I I couldn't even imagine doing that to my child. So I can't even imagine other people doing it to their child, you know. That just, that just shows that you're a terrific mother because uh, that's not always the case. You were right about that. You're so right. Well, uh, who was your favorite character? Uh, Adrian, we'll go to you with this one. Uh, who was your favorite character And Don't Go in the House? I don't have one. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I don't. I really yeah. don't have a favorite character. I mean, everybody... Uh... Well, I'm being very critical here. Mm-hmm. So everybody in this movie, like a lot of horror films, everybody just looks sick. <laughs> I'm like there was something wrong with them, like, uh, duh, you know. Like, yeah, I don't like any of you. I mean, I like the creepy concept, but yeah, I mean, the actors. Yeah, the, that, <laughs> the <whatever>. characters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Whatever, all of you are the same. And you're all gonna die. Like, I mean, I already knew they were all gonna die. Like, right? Okay, bye. <laughs> Just no, no feeling, no. Mm-hmm. You know, where's your wit? Where's your uh, common sense or? Well, Miss Adrian, who was your favorite character? My favorite character? Yeah. Well, I don't know. You know, I really didn't have or I felt more sorry than having a a character that I liked. You know, I felt more sorry for Donnie than anything. You know, I, I, I... you know, he's killing everybody in the movie. Well, his friend, I'll take that back. His friend that tried to get him to go back to work, you know, because Vito was going to threaten to fire him. Yeah. And, you know, so I think his friend, that you know, who tried to be, you know, 
like a good confidant for him, you know. Yeah. yeah I, I think yeah. I'll take that and say that his friend um, was a very, you know, Bobby there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And, yeah. And Adam, what about you? Who was your uh, favorite uh, character in the movie? And I'm, you know, I'm sure you probably have the same answer as uh, Miss Ingrid. <laughs> I actually do because the, his, his friend, uh, I, I don't know if I've ever met somebody who was more forgiving of terrible behavior than that guy. Like, uh, yeah. It's like, the guy is so nuts. And yep. I came in, just come on, let's go out, let's go dancing. I was like, dancing? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> All right. You know, like, that is a friend indeed. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he wasn't scared. I would have been so scared, especially after seeing him, you know, blink out when that guy was on fire. I would have been scared of him myself. <laughs> yeah. Well, he kind of like froze like a deer in the headlights, you know. And yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. But, it, you know, with, with Bobby there, I think he was just trying to be the good guy to help even it out for him, you know, just... You know, he was a yeah. He was just a a, he was a good guy. Although I I think uh, did the movie kind of um, gloss over the fact that he might have been cheating on his wife? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no, it really did try to. He tried to get past that real quick, didn't he? I guess. (laughs) But I caught it. Gosh darn it! I know. <laughs> ah, they tried to gloss over that really quick. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, okay. Now, besides, um, besides, um, Donnie, who was your least favorite character? Uh, Adam, we'll go to you for this one. Who was your least? Absolutely, the least favorite character besides Donnie, because we all know Donnie was the murderer in this I, I gotta movie. I got to tell you, I actually think that the, the, the problem with the movie, its biggest its biggest issue, and why I think women would be curious about it, I think all of the female characters are really not explored enough. They're not real people. Um, yeah. I think the forest is the closest to a, to a person in the movie, but the women are just treated so, like, secondary yeah. that... Um, that they're not, they're not given a full life. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I agree. Horror movies are only as good as the people that the killer is coming after. You know? That's you, true. That's like, true. You go to see, you go to see John. Like, there's no reason to watch Jaws. You don't have Brody and Quinn and Brody's wife and his kids and Hooper. Like, that's why we're there. Right. We're not there for for the, for the shark. We're not. Right. Uh, if, if, if the movie is about the shark, the movie's in trouble. And so for me, I feel like it, it really has to be about the, uh, it has to be about those women. And they're the ones in Jeopardy. I would rather a movie, let's say, um, you guys ever see House of the Devil, the, the, the Ty West movie? I haven't. Okay. There's one woman in the movie who's in Jeopardy the whole film. Mm-hmm. What? 
and you are terrified for her because you get to know who she is. You know the villains very little, but you know her. Right. You know, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis in in I Love Sound, like you love her. Right. You know, and that's why you're afraid. We're only fearful if we know if we know the people that are in Jeopardy, and I feel like the movie does not really spend a lot of time getting to know those women. And you know what? I think that's why the movie "I Spit on Your Grave" worked. Yep, hundred percent. Right, hundred percent. Know that woman. Yeah. Yep, we know that woman, and and then we know the the thugs who raped her, and we know her. So it it was. You know, it just worked because, and then again, there again, there's that arc. You know, we see we see the woman, and I spit on your grave. Go from this uh, trusting, you know, woman to, um, I'm going to kill you. You know, you did me wrong, and I'm going to kill you. You know, we saw that arc. And so, and so, and with um, don't go in the house. Though I mean, I, I kind of agree um, with you. Um, it, it just um, I don't know the ladies. Like you said, we didn't get to know them. Right. We. Uh, I, I think the closest that we came. I think the closest that we came to actually knowing uh, the girls were maybe the last two, right? Because they went into how, you know, they were going to go to this party and this one girl didn't want to go because this one, because a certain guy was going to be there. So, you know, that was the closest we came to actually knowing his victims. I think I think you right. I think you really just like right. That's when that music was fun. I think I hear your because they came in the movie. They came in the movie with the best music playing. I think that's why you heard. Yes, yes. If I mean, oh my gosh, that I would so buy this soundtrack. I'm not sure if it's available to buy on CD or anything like that, but I would go buy the CD. Yeah, I would too. I love it. Well, uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. What? Where am I? Oh, uh, Miss Ingrid. Uh, I I don't think we um came to you yet. Who is your least favorite character? Least favorite character? Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Okay. Least favorite character. Let's see. Hmm. I don't. I don't know. I don't. I guess it would be. Uh, besides Diamond. Oh, I know. Besides him, I guess the other co-workers, the ones that were kind of putting him down for freezing in the headlights. You know, I think they would be the other ones that yeah. would give me. You know. Mm, I don't like you, you know, it, it's, right. you know, you, there's, I mean, you always have one in the bunch, you know, but to, to, to chastise a person for, uh, 
you know, all of us have different reactions to oh, situations. Yeah. So when you, he froze, you know, I don't know, I probably would have froze too. I mean, we don't know what every other person would yeah, do. Yeah, you don't know what you, you would know. do in a situation like that. Yeah, I mean, he, he could have been scared out of his pants. Oh, Lord, what do I do? What do I do? You know, everybody doesn't remember to stop, drop, and roll or to go get a blanket and cover the person with it, you know. It's, uh, you know, and plus nobody knew that Donnie had the problems that he had, so. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, you got to go with that way. Well, Adrian, what about you, sir? Uh, who was your uh, least favorite character, if you had one? Uh, I don't. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I couldn't really relate to anybody in the film. Uh-huh. Um, and I couldn't really draw anything out of the characters. Um, I just paid more attention. Well, just see the scenes in general. Right. I mean, I didn't really pay attention really to any of the characters. That's why I don't even remember their names mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, all that well. Because I was just like, yeah, I'm going to watch this, whatever, and be scared for a while. And then, yeah, I'll just watch another movie later on and get even more scared. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't really care. Well, I tell you what, though, I mean, the atmosphere in this movie was really yes. good. I, I, you know, I, 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 I'm, yeah, I, I love the atmosphere. That was excellent. Of the era of the seventies, the seventies, you know, right? The good, you know, the the um. I don't know, like the, the way they used to dress. I used to dress the same way in that time frame. You know, <laughs> you know I love the clothing, you know, the feeling, you know. Um, it was just a good time. It was just a good, you know, decade. You know, the 70s and the 80s, you know, sometimes in the 60s, you know. But, you know, the 70s and 80s was really the banging to me, oh, the yeah. decades were the banging decades, you know. So I, I, I really miss those. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and that's why that's that's another reason why I love these movies. Like you know, don't go in the house. Halloween, Halloween too. Uh, I love how nostalgic it is. Yeah, very nostalgic. Even though, even though, you know, I must confess, I, I mean, I was born in 1980. So my era is actually 90s. But still, I mean, I, I, yeah, you know, I, I just, um, I love it. I mean, even when, when I see, uh, Jason Goes to Hell, which I watch almost all the time, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's just, nostalgic for me you know I, I remember going to the movie theater to watch that you know I, I remember yeah, that is one of the favorite ones is the Jason movies that I have you know 
Jason goes to hell. It is. It is. I mean, look, I remember uh, even, uh, you know, because last week I had discussed uh, Stevie King's It, the 1990 version. I remember yeah. being in elementary school when when that came out. Um, and, you know, I, I didn't watch it. Uh, I don't think I watched it until it came out on uh, VHS tape. That that was when I watched it. But still, I remember how I felt when I watched it. You know, I remember. I, so scary movies for me are it's all about nostalgia. Yeah, it's all about the nostalgia. And and. When we're younger, the iconic ones to the, at, at most. And when we're younger, you right, I think um, movies affect us differently. We're we're more frightened. We're more we're we're more susceptible to things real mattering. And so I think the movies that we see when we're kids are, by definition, simply stay with us longer because they 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 affect us. We're we're more frightened as children. The other thing is, they just make better horror movies. Like, yeah. Just make better movies. It's just true. And part yeah. of the reason for that, part of the reason for that is that people weren't making movies about movies. They were making movies about life. Yeah. And now some mm-hmm. are making movies about other movies. It's sort of the Tarantino idea of the world. Where <laughs> That's true. That's true. And it's funny that you mentioned uh, Quentin Tarantino, um, uh, Adam, because you know what? Uh, he actually um, loves this movie. He loves Don't Go Into the House. Don't Go in the House. Yeah. And uh, I read that he talks about it all the all the time. So he, you know. Uh, and uh, I'm a big fan of um, Quentin Tarantino's movie, Kill Bill. Yeah. I love Kill Bill. I love it. And, I think, and I'm a huge fan, personally, of Kill Bill Volume 2. That's my favorite. It's one of my favorite of his films. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, it. see, mine is Kill Bill Volume 1. <laughs> Yes, I love Kill Bill. I, I just, I just do. I think he, uh, I think he's a great actor, uh, actor and a director. Actually, I think he's both. He, he's a good. Um, I would love to see what he's going to do um, with Kill Bill Three, if there is, if there is ever a Kill Bill Three. As <laughs> long as they don't play Uma. He's only allowed to make one more because he said he's going to give up after 10 movies. He's done. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I lost Adam. I lost Adam. You lost me? I'm, I'm still here. Uh, can you hear us, Miss Secret? No, I can't hear Adam. He's the only one I'm not hearing. Really? You can't hear me? I'm, I'm right here. Uh, yeah. yeah. I can hear him. You hear him? I'm not hearing him. Uh-huh. What is up? El Diablo needs to go. <laughs> 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 yeah. 
Miss Ingrid mentions it. <laughs> well, how do you guys um, think that um, don't go in the house pertains to the Bible? It's time for my deep question. And, um, you know, I, I ask um, this in every podcast. Um, uh, Mr. Uh, Mar- Marcus, what do you think or how do you think um, uh, don't go in the house pertains to to the Bible, and it, it, and you know, I mean, it kind of does because you know there there's a priest in the movie. You bet. You bet. He's look again uh, because my my uncle uh, is a is a student of film, um, as as most directors are. Uh, and I think the ideas. Uh, you know, I'm going to go back to Scorsese. Now, all of Scorsese's movies are about religion. His early work is really about religion. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is sort of what Joe was tapping into, was this idea of redemption and this idea of looking to the church for answers. And Donnie does. He just His mind is so broken, even when he's given answers from someone in the church who wants to help him, he's unable to really decipher and understand the meaning of what he's being told. So I think, I think that religion is incredibly important movie. And it's also, look, I also think there's something about guilt. Yeah. uh, That, that, that definitely pertains in this, and this idea of, of wanting to be cleansed of evil, but feeling that he is always unclean. Um, And I think that's an interesting religious aspect of the movie. Yeah, you're right. You're right about that. And Miss Singra, how about you? How do you um, feel that "Don't Go in the House" pertains to the Bible? Well, looking at how Donnie was treated, it, it was mostly like a sin of his mother, the the the, the one who is all giving of life. You know, yeah, she gave life to this. This, this Donnie, but she did not value the life of her right. son, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, I I really think that, you know, dealing with something with the father, the father was very loving, you know, which I, I was, didn't get much on that either. Yeah, they didn't really show him or anything. Yeah, to know a little bit more about the dad, but, um, the honoring thy mother and thy father, you know, and he still did honor his mother in a sense, I guess you could say, um, because of the fact that um, there is a religious undertone to it from her burning his arms over the flame, you know, and um, getting, you know, him to that point where he's, you know, saying that he's naughty, he's done something, you know, the only way to burn that demon out of you is to put your arms over these flames, you know. Yeah. You know, that to me, you know, was, I mean, a mother hurting her child, that's got to be like one, that should be like one of the um, seven deadly sins in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. You know. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I, that's how I feel about it. You know, the mother not being, you know, 
protective of her child. And, you know, right. And, her, and him still actually honoring her in some form or fashion. Even oh, though yeah. What yeah. she did. Yep. Yep. Exactly. And Adrian, how about you? I, I know you don't uh, really know the Bible. I know you've never uh, never read it, but how do you feel about this uh, question? Um, well, I basically agree with everything that you two said. I mean, I think that it all has a lot of meaning to it. Um, one thing that does really get to me is when he was realizing that he was doing wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think that it threw the concept of redemption on the table. Yeah. And it's kind of like, uh, and I can relate to that because there was a time in my life where I ran away from God and I told myself, you don't listen to me, you don't exist. And I always called it running from the light. And I actually wrote a song and it had all those lyrics in it. Like, you know, I shift from the light, I run from the hate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and I run right into the fire. And, I mean, I think about all of that when I think about this movie and this guy. Yeah. I think that he had a chance where he could change and he could be a better person. Right. And it's like, yeah, and I mean, he was so tainted inside that he chose to run from the light and run further and further away. And then he finally reached a point where he was too far gone. Complete darkness and there was no hope. So, yeah, I mean, I think that that has a lot of meaning when it comes to a lot of things. Yeah, when it comes to religion, yeah. Yeah, I've never read it. But when I was in Sunday school, uh, I mean, I heard enough about it. All right. (laughs) Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, I do have a general idea. But, yeah, that's my opinion there. Hey, I I agree with all of you guys. And and when, um, as I was watching this, this movie, like, for the umpteenth time this week, uh, um, I, um, the scripture that popped out at me was, um, uh, with, uh, in Proverbs, um, uh, Proverbs 13 and 24 says, um, he that spareth his, um, the rod hateth his child, right? And, but he that chasteneth his child promptly uh, uh, loves them, or, or you know, and I'm paraphrasing. And uh, uh, see, a lot of parents 
they twist that scripture because they it, they feel like it says that you must you know whip your child or or be or you know just be harsh with your child they think that it gives them a pass to do that but it doesn't nowhere does it say uh it does not say beat your child you know into submission it does not say that it does not say burn the evil from your child it does not say that what this what this scripture is simply saying is discipline your child Discipline is a lot different than beating your child. Well, and a parent's job is to correct their children. And right. That is right way when they're when they're going the wrong way, and and this concept of of of, of hitting a child and beating a child is so nuts, is so backwards because uh, that's not the way to correct anybody. You wouldn't correct an adult by hitting them or slapping them. That's not right. That's no. Not, you're not going to get a correction out of that. You're just going to become hateful and angry rather than right. that, that, that is Exactly. And, and that's what happened to Donnie. Donnie was, I mean, and like you said before, uh, Adam, he was made. Yes. Yes, he was. Um, there was no positive reinforcement at all. No. No. I agree with you. And, you know, I mean... Yeah, he was definitely made. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Definitely. <laughs> definitely. And, you know, yeah. uh, it, um, most parents don't understand, um, don't really understand um the concept of, of the, the psychological effect right. that that has on a child. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. either they don't want to know or they ignorant or they ignorantly do it just because, right. you know. Yeah. I agree. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Well, guys, I do not have any more questions. But I do have five fun facts now. Uh, and uh, uh, Mr. Marcus, please feel free to tell me if it's true or false, you know, the five fun facts. I'm, I know you probably don't know everything. No, but, I'm not. Uh, but um, uh, the first fun fact that I have is, is kind of long, but it was, but it was very interesting. So I had to write it down. Um, it says um, the house used in uh, don't uh, don't go in the house is now the uh, museum headquarters of the Atlantic Highlands uh, Historical Society in New Jersey. It was wow. yeah, it was falling into disrepair at the time of filming, and shortly after, in 1980, the town condemned it and stated it. Uh, for demolition. That's when the local historical uh, society took action and uh, purchased the property. It is now called the the Strauss Mansion Museum, named for Adolf Strauss, 
who had the house built in 1893. There are exhibits in every room, ranging from local history to Victorian displays. The restoration work is still uh, ongoing after all these years due to the massive amounts of money uh, through, through donations uh, needed. However, the house is still there and not too much has changed. Uh, some rooms are recognizable from the movie, while others maybe not because of the display cases. Um, the society usually shows the film and the house um, in October as part of their month of Halloween events. The location, yeah, the location to any of my listeners who out there who want to visit this museum, uh, the location is open every Saturday and Sunday from 1 to 4 p.m., uh, April through December. Admission is free, and it is located at 27 Prospect Circle, Atlantic Highlands, New Jersey. So I wrote that down because I thought it was neat. It's a great I have to go there. I mean, now that you said it's in New Jersey, where my husband's from, I'm going to definitely have to go and check that out. Uh, yeah. That's, that's awesome. Um, my fun fact number two is not as interesting, but I wrote it down. <laughs> uh, Dan Rinaldi kept the asbestos suit he wore <laughs> in the movie. <laughs> I'm sure he did. <laughs> Oh, okay, okay, so I got to go. Okay, Adam, did you keep anything from uh, <laughs> from Jason Goes to Hill? Oh, a ton. A ton. <laughs> I bet. I, I, have, uh, well, I, have, I have one of the hockey masks. I, the hockey mask that gets dragged into hell. I, 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 I have that. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, you're so lucky. I've got my- <laughs> I've got my brother Kip's head in a box in my office. <laughs> <laughs> so they ask me, what's in the box? I'm like, well, what? actually, my brother Kip. Uh, <laughs> uh, if you remember Joey B, the woman in the diner? Yeah. That's uh, uh-huh. her punched in or broken yeah. in. I've got yeah. her body of her, with her jaw broken into her face. Oh, my body. gosh. Oh, my Most of the most of the podcast talking talking about the um, the soundtrack of this movie because uh, I love it so much. But um, uh, the film's original soundtrack turned out to be unusable, uh, having been recorded on what Dan Grimaldi um, termed less than um, use uh, or less than up to. The equipment. 
the soundtrack in its in, in its entirety had to be re-recorded and redone. Well, that would explain some of the some of the performance problems. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you're right about that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, <laughs> now here's one that you might uh, uh, clarify for us, Adam. Okay. Okay. So, um, fun, my fun fact number four is: Director Joseph Ellison owned the pickup truck Dan Gamaldi drives in the film. It's true. Ooh. That is just totally incredible. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good truck, let me tell you. I, I mean, I used to love trucks like that. My my father used to have a truck like that back in the eighties, early eighties. Yeah, I, I love things like that. The trucks and you know the muscle. Oh Real my gosh, American I'm telling you, you know, uh, me and Brian, when we were driving uh, the other day, we saw this old, older looking automobile. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, I said, I, I said, oh my gosh, that's what I miss about being in Michigan. Because, you know, we're from Detroit, Michigan. And there they used to have the Woodward Dream Cruise. And uh, that is um, just a bunch of old, muscle cars like driving down the avenue every august they had that it's that i was so awesome that's the only thing i missed from detroit michigan (laughs) Uh, of course you know i miss my friends and my family you know i love them you know but i do not miss the snow at all (laughs) i get it i understand that I love I love being Cali. That's for sure. I, I I love the Texas weather. We are not look. Texas has not gotten cold yet, and I love it. Nice, nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my uh, last and final uh, fun fact is um, Dan Grom- uh, and I'm about to answer your question, uh, Adam. Uh, Dan Grimaldi didn't have to audition for the part of Donnie Kohler. At the time, he was the lead in an off-Broadway play titled Mama's Little Angels. The director and producers came to see it several times and ended up asking him if he was interested in doing their picture. I, I, I don't know if you know if that's true or I, not. I, I, that is true, but also Joe and Dan went to college together. They were in acting school together. Oh, They've known each other for a long time, um, and uh, yeah, that was that was part of the reason why why Joe chose him because he knew his work. Oh, that's now that's awesome. Very cool. That was awesome. That's awesome. Fun fact. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, um, normally we would go on to the cast and crew that has passed away, but nobody from this movie has passed away. I Even. Um, there, the uh, the film was uh, it's written written and produced uh, by um, I can't remember what her name was at the time. Ellen, um, hang on, let me find it. Uh, what was Ellen's last name back then? Uh, Ellen Hamill. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, Ellen uh, married 
Jeff. My my brother, my, my uncle, they, they got married. Oh, okay. So it's actually it's actually a married couple that ended up writing writing and producing the movie, and then Joe directed it. But Ellen became Joe's wife, and to this day, they're still married. Oh my gosh, that's awesome! Strange. My mother's name was Mary Mary Ellen. Oh, that's which and which is another weird thing. My my not my my brother. Mm-hmm. Who I'm 18 years older to, his wife is named Mary Ellen. So I'm like, this is really weird to find out that there's a lot of Mary Ellens out there, you know. But you, you know, just on here on the podcast, it's, that's that's a um, hey, it's a, a <laughs> <laughs> uh, um. Billy Ripley's Believe It or Not type thing. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I was surprised to know that everybody is still alive, though. Even the woman that plays Donnie's mother is still alive. Wow. I think. Yeah, she is. My gosh. Because this movie was made in 1979. So, you know, I was. Expecting. Remember the eighties was full of health. To that. <laughs> You're right. Health, health mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's a hell of a drug. Right about that. <laughs> you are oh, yeah. right about that. My gosh. <laughs> Well, we um, go on to my uh, grippers reaction. And I think I only got one grippers reaction. Reaction. I um, asked um, my group, um, Horror Movie Warriors, um, I asked them if they uh, uh, had a, uh, I mean, if they have seen the movie. Because a lot of people hadn't seen it. Right. A, a lot of people hadn't seen it. And uh, like like Miss Ingrid, this was her first time watching it. So, you know, and, and that was a lot of people. Um, and so I'm glad that Tubi has it on uh, because um, a lot of people haven't seen it. Like, um, I only got one comment. And that one comment that I got was um, Keith Carcino. And he uh-huh. said that he hadn't watched it. And so I wow. told him that I said, hey, it's on Tubi. Watch it. And he said, okay, thanks. So he, it's like he's going to watch it. And he's going to be, I'm telling you, um, I I really liked this movie. I really liked it. Uh, yeah. The atmosphere was on point. The scare factor was on point. Um, mm-hmm. uh, even uh, for me, and I, I know, um, uh, Mr. Marcus, you have a, a different view about it. But I actually really did like the acting because... Right. Only simply because I think that I thought that um, him being all over the place was kind of purposeful. <laughs> That's what I thought. Yeah. Because uh, just because of his mind, you know, place. I'm thinking, yeah. and that's what that's one thing that I love that they got right the mental illness. Yes, mm-hmm. I agree with that. And you know, yeah, because of the mental illness, you know, I think I thought that. Him being all over the place was warranted. Mm-hmm. He always had that same look on his face, 
you know, that same... Truly. You know, dismal, you know, out-of-it look, you know... Yes. And I thought that... um I thought that was what was supposed to happen because, you know, he, even though his arc, you know, uh, he went from deranged to remorseful to then deranged again. And even though he kept the same look, he, you could still see, you know, the arc happening, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I agree. Yeah. Well, well, guys, I don't have any more questions or any more fun facts, and nobody has passed away or anything, and I don't have any more groupers reactions, so we've come to the end of my podcast, and I just thank every single one of you for being here, uh, but especially you, Adam, because I, I know you're busy. Yes. Thank you, I finally got to meet you, Mr. Adam Marcus. Yeah. And you guys as well. Seriously, which I always love hanging out with you. So this this was just this was uh, absolutely lovely. Could, couldn't have been a better time. Thank you so Thank much. You. I, I mean, uh, to be in your presence. My gosh, I, I just um, I, I can't wait to see um uh, uh yeah. what is it uh Santa Slay? I think that's what it's called. Uh, Secret Santa. Secret yeah, Santa. yeah, Secret Santa. Secret yeah. Hey, it's on. It's streaming now on Amazon and on uh, on Google Play. So we're we're streaming on Amazon. Secret Santa. Secret Santa. I guess I'll be watching that. 2018. Make sure you see the one that's 2018 that I directed. There's one from 2015 that is not my movie. That's, like, that's not us. We're we're Secret Santa. The 2018 one. We are the Christmas Haramity. We are, we are, uh... Oh, my Christmas. gosh. When I, <laughs> when I saw the commercial, I was thinking that. <laughs> when I saw the commercial, I started cracking up. I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm very proud of that movie. I love that Okay. Yeah. The, the guy that plays... The guy with the blonde hair. I don't want to give away anything, but the guy with the blonde hair... Is he nice? He seems to be nice. You mean Drew Lynch, the, the, the guy with the stutter? Uh, the guy who, okay, the guy who comes in was like, was like, okay, I. <laughs> the guy who comes in. <laughs> you guys are going to make me say it. Okay. The guy who comes in is like, what's up, my wiggles? Oh. He's bald. He's completely insane. By the way, by the way, he is the, one of the single nicest men I've ever known in my life. Nate Edrick. I work with him all the time. He's amazing. He's, he was just wow. so stand out. I mean, I he stood out to me. I'm like, oh my oh, yeah. god, no, he's crazy! And he plays a complete lunatic. That's his entrance. In the-, <laughs> <laughs> the guy is so good. I freaked up laughing at that. But I said, oh my gosh! I, I I literally, literally, I watched the trailer like two or three times just because of him. We got. I'm actually going to go and watch this movie. Oh, please. I think you're going to 
the daughters downstairs and we all love horror movies and I think this is the one that we're going to watch this evening. So, well, here, here's the thing, just so that you know, what, when, whenever I'm at a, at a film festival, I always say to the audience, I say, look, if I have not offended every person in this audience by the end of this movie, I have not done my job. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good thing. It is. It's an anti-PC culture movie. It's, a, it's, it's actually like I'm, I'm making fun of all these horrible things, but in order to do that, I have to show you the horrible things. It's crazy. Right. It's a great thing. Yeah. Oh, I love now, it. Now, see, I, I like those it. kinds of movies that are aware of what I is doing. Totally what it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, <laughs> you know, going in, you know, from the trailer that this is going to be, this is not a, a straight up, you know, horror film. This is a comedy <laughs> horror film. Yes, it is. I love those. Yes, it is. And, and it's a dark comedy. It is crazy. Now, I see, I, I, I saw a movie um, last week on Tubi called um, You Can't Kill Stephen King. Have you guys seen that? No. It's I'm on Tubi. It. Now, uh, I didn't like it. <laughs> I thought the acting was... Not there. It's not good, huh? Not to me. You guys watch it. I want you guys to watch it, and I want you guys to let me know what you think on the group page. All right. Okay. But I didn't. I didn't like it. But uh, because to me, it it seemed like you know it it was just a silly premise, you know, because because from the title. You think, oh, this movie is going to be, you know, a, a horror film about Stephen King's works, you know, but it turns out to be pretty silly, you know. Like, with Adam, with your movie, I could tell right off the bat that it's going to be funny, you know. Yes. It, it, it's not just a horror movie. This is like a comedy horror movie, you know. Yeah. But, I love those. but <laughs> what I don't like is when you package it like it's like it's going to be this straight horror movie, and then it's not. You know, yes. I, I just don't like that. It, but that's just me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm strange like that. I guess you could call me a horror movie snob. <laughs> no, but I'm also, you know, even though our movie is called Secret Santa, um, I, I'm not a giant fan of like, it's a guy dressed as Santa murdering people. No, that's not our movie at all. Santa Claus does not appear in the movie. Um, it is, it is really about wouldn't wouldn't we all we all get together for you know for for Thanksgiving or for Christmas holidays, and pretty much there's all you know we always treat each other respectfully, we love each other, all that. But isn't there always some at your table? That you just wish you could just get oh, up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Especially this Christmas. Oh, no. <laughs> this is the movie. This is the movie that, that oh, I'm coming to you can say whatever you wanted to them, and then you can do whatever you wanted to them. Um, and it gets, right. it gets pretty great. I applaud you, sir. Ooh, I, I applaud you. I can't wait. <laughs> I applaud you. Well, guys, uh, next week I will be um, discussing um, the Funhouse. 
with um yeah and, and Ingrid I think you're on that one too I think you're with mm-hmm. me next week yeah. yes and uh, Michael Williams and um uh, and Nathan Della I think will be joining us um uh, next week uh yes the funhouse is a classic and it is yes. a very very good a very good film Yes, and I I cannot wait to see um to uh to see it again. I actually um own the DVD, so I'm very excited. Uh, I can't wait to see Ooh, it again, and I can't wait to discuss it with you all. Uh, but uh, again, uh, to Adam Marcus, thank you so much, sir. Thanks for having me. Yes, always such a delight. And Adrian Geyser, thank you. And Miss Ingrid, I thank you again. And I will see you next week. Uh, and until next Friday, folks, this has been Latrice Carter, Adam Marcus, Adrian Garza, and Ingrid Hubert. And we will see you guys later. We hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving. We hope you guys had a very great Thanksgiving. And have a blessed night. We'll see you guys later. Bye-bye. Bye.